Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. Typically, I would begin by saying welcome to Easter at Cross Point. Uh, but I guess this year instead, I need to say um, welcome to Easter at, well, around the world. I mean, we have folks in Georgia. We have folks all across the United States. We have folks from other parts of the world. So welcome uh, to Easter as we celebrate together. Um, I do want to point out that today uh, is not going to be a little short devo. We want you to hang in there with us for uh, what may be close to an hour. But I mean, his resurrection is some good, good news for us. And so please hang in there with us. And also, if you're joining us via Facebook, just drop us a line or a note uh, and let us know you're there. And uh, we just we want we want to to celebrate this uh, together and, and to know that. So um, a couple of weeks ago, after one of the recent news conferences uh, by the president about the shutdown, uh, one of the reporters made this statement. He said, Facebook, for the first just time drop us a line or note uh, and let us know you're there. History, and we won't be celebrating Easter. Well, not exactly. I mean, think about it. We may not be able to celebrate Easter in what has become the cultural meaning or the cultural traditions of Easter, but we're celebrating Easter. Can't stop his resurrection. Think about this. For the first time, in over 2,000 years of Christianity, the churches all around the world will not be able to gather in large groups to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But, but I'm here, and you're here, and we're all here to testify that even though we're not able to assemble together, the resurrection of Jesus Christ will be celebrated in an unprecedented way. Um, in fact, it's my belief, and, and the leaders of so many that I've heard during this Holy Week, that more people will be reached with the good news of Jesus Christ this Easter than ever before in the history of the world. So while we may be separated, we're not isolated, because Easter is not a location, is it? It's a celebration. So let me put it this way. Do you think if Pilate, without Jesus allowing it? Do you think if Pilate couldn't kill him and the grave couldn't hold him, that this pandemic is going to stop Jesus and his celebration? Absolutely not. So I'm excited that we get to celebrate this amazing day together. And probably a lot of you are like me. I mean, you've had to learn some new things about technology over these last few weeks. And I know that it can be frustrating. I know that it can be challenging at times for some of us old codgers, uh, but we're gonna make the best of it 
in our virtual time of celebration and worship today. Now, I know I'm not in your house. I understand that. Uh, but I do have a couple of house rules. You ready for them? Number one, this is not going to be a passive experience. I don't care if you're in your PJs. Uh, I don't care where you are watching this thing. This is not a passive experience. We really want your participation. So again, uh, Facebook folks, uh, I don't know the lingo, but drop us a line, give us a tag, whatever that is. Uh, Zoom family, uh, make some comments there and to some words of encouragement uh, for everyone. But especially, especially, we want your participation when it comes to singing. Now, I don't know how this is gonna work out, uh, uh, Facebook Live family. I mean, we had it worked up to where these things were synced, but we have an amazing, amazing, uh, uh, time for worship as our praise team has, uh, God has just used them to bring us some amazing music and uh, uh, allowing us just to come in and to celebrate together. So that was rule number one. It's not passive. Rule number two, don't let the circumstances of technology frustrate or distract you from what this day is about. See, we're just having to roll. We're having to roll with some glitches here, but I don't want you to be frustrated. If you can't hear me or you, you or things are fuzzy, just, just close your eyes and just absorb and soak in what God's doing and what he wants to say to you today. Uh, by the way, for those, you know, that are joining via Zoom, when the video praise team pops on your screen and you're able to worship as they lead us in worship, uh, there is a way, there is a way for you to minimize all these pretty faces so that you can see the praise team and the words to the songs that are on the screen. All right. So uh, if, if you can figure that out, great. You can just click and drag or you can minimize it up in the right hand corner on most of your devices and you can just pull it down and then you see the pretty faces of our praise team. So um, you can do that. Number three, house rule number three, again, let us hear from you especially if you have questions, especially if you sense that God is doing something in your heart or in your life. Uh, and at the end of the service, uh, we're going to flash a way for you to contact us. So are y'all ready? I, I can't hear you. Oh, that's right. We've got you muted. <laughs> All right. So here we go. King David says in Psalm 34, one through three, I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. So will you join us right now where you are sitting and sing praise to our resurrected King?
nation His empire shall bring In joy to the nations When Jesus is King Come let us sing a song A song declaring we belong to Jesus He's all we So grateful to be here. Uh, good morning and a happy Easter to everyone. If you would like to join with me, I'll be reading from John chapter 20. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me there to John chapter 20. I'll be starting in verse 1, John chapter 20. It says, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and, and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well, and the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus's head. The cloth was still lying there in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand 
from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. So even though Jesus had pointed to scripture and told the disciples several times about the series of events that he must go through in order to him and to rescue us from spiritual death, they still had a hard time wrapping their minds around it at first. And even though they had, they had been personal eyewitnesses to the crucifixion, to the burial, and to the empty tomb. But in later verses in that same chapter, we see that what Jesus did for them was needed to open their eyes and their minds to this awesome and great truth that Jesus is greater than death. He is risen. Amen. He is risen. And this changes everything. It changes everything. So like the disciples, we often struggle with that truth of what does that mean for us today? So our prayer is that God would do everything needed to open your heart and your mind to receive his perfect, beautiful, unfailing, unfathomable love for you today. So please join me in prayer before we continue in worship. Father, you are awesome. You are holy and righteous. Thank you, Father, for this unique opportunity we have to still be with each other right now. And thank you, Father, for being here with us. Thank you, Lord, that through technology, we can still read your word, we can still worship you, and we can still celebrate the risen King of Kings. Thank you, Father, for your perfect love, Jesus. And we know in your word it says, perfect love cast out all fear. So, Father, we're asking for your perfect love to be opened and revealed to all of us in our hearts. Thank you, Lord, that we don't serve a God who died and stayed dead, but we serve a God who was living and conquered death, hell, and the grave. Father, we are in love with you, and we ask for your love to be poured out into our hearts, souls, and minds. We love you, Jesus, and we pray all these things in your name. Everybody says, amen. Please join me in worshiping to the King of Kings this morning. In the darkness we were waiting, without hope, without light, till from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes, to fulfill the law and prophets, to a virgin came the word, from a throne of endless glory, to a cradle in the dirt. So 
This is an unprecedented time, very different time that we are all experiencing. Uh, and there's not one of us that have not been affected in some way that by this pandemic. And, and the truth of the matter is a lot has changed. You know, I keep reading uh, people posting and I keep hearing people uh, comment, you know, comment and say, you know, I just can't wait to this this pandemic is over and things get back to normal. But honestly, you know, I, I don't think that things will ever be the same again. Uh, I believe, and, and I think uh, there are many others that, that there will be a new normal uh, in many areas of our life, perhaps in government, uh, in our families, in our priorities, in our churches. A lot of things have changed. Uh, a lot of things have changed. By the way, uh, have, you, have you seen the new normal for Easter baskets this year? Any chance? Y'all, have y'all seen the new normal for Easter baskets this year? Do we have any new Easter baskets? All right. Okay. Um, 
tell me if we're flashing that up there, Steve. Nope. Okay. All right. So if if you haven't seen the new normal for Easter baskets, it's uh, it's uh, it's okay. No, that's not it. There it is, right there. Y'all see that? Y'all see that? All right, you can take that off right now. I want to see those pretty faces again. Um, how many of you got an Easter basket like that this year? Anybody? Okay, let me ask you this. How many of you would have loved to gotten an Easter basket like that this year? Let me see them hands, huh? I like that. All right, so... Listen, please, please hear my heart. I am in no way trivializing what's going on right now. I mean, recently I heard uh, the, heart, the, the, um, the Harvard Business Review interviewed David Kessler, and they referred to him as the world's foremost expert on grief. And in that interview, he stated, we're feeling so many things in our country and around the world. We're feeling so many different kinds of grief the loss of normalcy, the fear of economic toll, the loss of connection, the fear of the unknown. And, and he stated that this is really hitting us hard and that, that we're grieving uh, and that we're not used to this kind of collective grief. And he went on to say that we're grieving on a micro and a macro level. And when he was asked about, well, what do we do about what's going on, he applied the well-known stages of grief. He's, he went on to say um, that, well, we deny. There's first denial, you know, and when this came, oh, it's not going to get to me. This virus ain't going to affect me. And then the next one's anger. What? You mean that I've got to be isolated and locked down? And then there's what? Bargaining. Okay, okay. If If, if I... If I do this separation thing, if I do this isolation thing for, you know, two weeks, okay, now uh, for the three or four weeks, then, then, then everything will be all right. And then there's sadness. Wow, this thing is real. And then finally, there's acceptance. This is real, and I've got to deal with it. But he went on to add an, another, um, another level. Uh, he said, I didn't want to stop with just acceptance whenever I had experienced personal grief in my own life. He said, I wanted meaning in those darkest hours. And he said, I do believe that we find light in those times. Well, I agree with him. You know, I believe that that's true. And it's my prayer for every one of us as we share in this time together today. Let me ask you another question. This is a little bit light on the lighter side. How many of you, like me, are sick and tired of this social distancing? Let me see some hands. I mean, I hadn't even heard the term until the coronavirus. I, I mean, for us extroverts, I mean, it's like scratching fingernails on a chalkboard. Now, for you, fun, young, you, you young folks, you don't even have a clue what I'm talking about, do you? A chalkboard. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Well, whatever. Uh, but here's a here's the bottom line. I know that doing this social distancing thing is the best thing. It's the right 
thing. It's the most loving thing that we can do right now, especially until we get a cure for this thing. Right thing, best thing, most loving thing. But I still don't have to like it. Well, all this separation got me thinking. If you're in the category um, that doesn't like the social distancing thing, you're in good company. Uh, because I can tell you that God doesn't like it either. I mean, isn't that what uh, the life of Jesus is all about? Isn't that what the message of Easter is all about? God saying, I don't like separation. I mean, when we look at the cross, I mean, we can almost hear God shouting, I hate separation. God is all about relationship. He created us for relationship. But it's clear if we look at our own track records that we have a way of messing up relationships. Messing up relationships with others, messing up relationships even with ourselves, messing up relationship with God. And it's as if God were shouting from the cross, there is a sin virus that is destroying people's lives that's keeping them separated from me. So I'm going to concoct the cure. And that cure is going to cost me the most precious thing I've got, my son. I mean, that's exactly what perhaps the most popular Bible verse in the world is all about. If you've got your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to join with me uh, on several fronts here. But we'll start first with John, the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 16. Listen as I read. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world but men love darkness instead of light because well, their deeds were evil. God is just reminding us in this time that there's only one cure from me living a sick, a selfish, a fear-driven, an isolated and separated life, isolated and separated from God and from others. The only cure for me in that is to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. To acknowledge that Jesus Christ is my only cure from certain death. To acknowledge that Jesus Christ is my only freedom from the chains of a sin-sick, self-absorbed, and Satan-dominated life. That Jesus Christ is my only hope for living an abundant purposeful, and meaningful life. Easter lets us know and reminds us God 
hates separation. I mean, look at this next passage with me. That's what God is saying. God hates separation. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Just turn over, if you're in your Bible, turn over just a few pages. John, chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. Here's what he says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. And then skip over to look at with me, beginning with verse 10. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision. Verse 14, the word became flesh and made its dwelling place among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Wow. The truth of the matter is that this pandemic has rocked our world. It has taken a huge toll on people, whether we admit it or not. It's taken the toll on relationships, on homes, on businesses, on economies, on our nation, and on other nations around the world. People are worried. People are scared, uncertain. For you see, in this lockdown, there's a lot of gunk and junk that's being uncovered and discovered in our lives and in our families. Loneliness, depression, panic attacks, addiction, abuse, anger, the list goes on. Hear me, this breaks God's heart. I really do think that God is trying to get our attention. God is calling us back to himself. He is reminding us that we're not in control, that he is God and that we're not. And you know that Throughout this ordeal, I have constantly reminded you that God loves you, that God is with you. In this earlier passage, it says, to those who believed him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. As a child of God, you're in his arms, you're in his care. I hear people all the time saying, well, we're all children of God. No, we're not. We're all created by God, but only whenever we receive the Son, Jesus Christ, are we his children. But God has put it on my heart to continue to remind you that he loves you and he is in control. And and, and as you've heard me say time and time again, that God is good, that God is good and that he redeems all that he allows. And I know that a lot of people could say, You know, how can a good God allow this to happen? Well, the one answer is this. 
that he's given me and you freedom to choose. And as a result of our choices, we live in a broken world, a sin-sick world. God has given us freedom to choose, and you know our track record. Apart from God, we will mess things up. I, I want to turn that question around a little bit. You know, how can a loving God allow this to happen when there's so much hurt and so much pain and so much devastation? Let me turn that a little bit and ask this question. How could a loving God allow us to continue blindly down a path of destruction and death? Poet Francis Thomas in uh, The Hound of Heaven back in the 19th century put it this way, God is always pursuing us, but we are often oblivious to him. Tragedies tend to shatter illusions of control and invincibility. So hear my heart, I am pleading with you. Don't waste this moment. I'm pleading with all of us, don't waste this pain. Turn to God. Let him inoculate you with his son, the cure. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm on, if you would turn with me there, 2 Corinthians, uh, the apostle Paul has this to say. Verses one through six, listen to him. Here's encouragement for all of us. For he says, therefore, since through God's mercy, we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception or distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those that are perishing. Verse four, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Verse five, for we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So here's my encouragement. Let his light shine in your darkness. Whatever darkness that may be, The last words of Jesus before he died on the cross, it is finished. This past Friday, we celebrated um, together in acknowledging the pain and suffering that Jesus experienced for us and for many people, perhaps many of us here today, and even the disciples, we saw that they couldn't quite understand it all even though they saw it. But those last words of Jesus, it is finished. They were not words of surrender. 
They were not words of exhaustion. They were words of victory. Jesus saying, the debt has been paid, the cure has been made. And today I think that he is reminding all of us that this is his truth, this is his good news. And today he is reminding some of you, and he is reaffirming to some of you, Jesus is the answer. For what? For your sin problem for your fear, for your loneliness, for your restlessness, for your greed, for your hate of yourself, for your addiction. Jesus is the answer. That's what we're celebrating today. That's why there are over 3 billion people throughout the world celebrating Jesus on this resurrected day. Joshua chapter 24, uh, at a pivotal time, in the history of Israel. He says in, in chapter 24, verses 14 and 15, these words, he says, now fear the Lord and serve him. Throw away the gods of your forefathers that they worshiped. And then in verse 15, he says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Were the gods of your forefathers in whose land you are dwelling and living. But as for me and for my household, we will serve the Lord. Let me ask you, can you say that? Can you say that? Choose you this day whom you will serve. He says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I know that uh, through a lot of my uh encounters with some folks, there's, there's been some that are going, Mike, come on, man, Th throughout this time, you're, you're just being a little bit too giddy about what's going on. I mean, you're, you're a little bit too sunny side, you know, about all of this stuff. You're being a little bit naive. Don't you realize the hurt that so many are experiencing right now? Don't, don't, don't you realize that the destruction that this pandemic is unleashing on our economy, on our workforce, on our world? Yes, I do. And, and honestly, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart to see people hurting, sick from this virus, sick from fear and worry struggling to make ends to me. I get it. I really do. But I also know that God gets it. I also know that God says, I've got this. And I know that no matter what comes my way, I know that my God is good and he loves me beyond any ability of myself to love myself. And when we're able to truly trust the Lord with our whole heart and lean not to our own understanding, but acknowledge him in all our ways, and we're able to trust the King of kings and Lord of lords, when we can do that, We can be concerned, but not worried, not paralyzed. We can be fearless. 
and we can sing the good news, the good news that we're celebrating today of Easter. I, I have it around me somewhere. We can sing that old hymn that I you grew up singing because, I mean, I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living. Whatever men may say, I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer and just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me. Uh-oh. Oh, a long life's narrow way. He lives. He lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives in my heart. And that's exactly where he wants to be for each of us. Folks, God has got this. Psalm 121 tells us that God does not slumber, nor does he sleep. He wants you to know that he loves you and he is for you. And if in this lockdown from this pandemic, if it has allowed you to get it, for God to get your attention, then quite honestly, the best is yet to come. He just, he just wants you. He just wants us to come home to him. He wants you, if you've been struggling, he wants you to break through your doubt and confusion, to break through all of your resentment and skepticism, to break through your pride and resistance, to break through your worry and pain and let Jesus be your cure. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Now, listen, I firmly believe, especially in light of all these technical glitches, that not one of you are here by accident. Not one of you are hearing these words by accident. God knew that you would be here, and he knew where you would be spiritually, relationally, emotionally, and every other way. He knew. Listen, it has not escaped my attention that the zenith of this pandemic has hit smack dab in the middle of Holy Week. No sports. No work for many. No big parties. No distractions. My prayer is that you take this moment and you allow God to wrap his loving arms around you and that he would be your answer. Now, for some of you, what that means is simply this. God is revealing to you his love for you. You don't fully understand it all, but today he is knocking on your heart's door and for the first time, you're going to open up your heart and you're going to say, Jesus, I get it. I need a Savior. And I want to invite you into my life. And, and that's all you have to do is just say, Jesus, you are the Son of God. You are the cure. You, 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 you did everything that you, you did so that I may have life. You lived. You died. You were crucified, you were buried, but you rose again so that you could give me your life. I want to ask you into my heart today. I want to encourage you to do that. Now, for others of you, I mean, you've been literally struggling through this thing. I mean, you're a believer. You're a believer, you've been, but you, you, you've been struggling. 
uh, uh, through this. And, and you've been wondering, you know, why, why has this been so difficult? Well, for some of you, he's just saying, listen, I want you to come back home. I want you to trust me. I want you to live faith over fear, faith over circumstances. That's what Jesus demonstrated on the cross. He felt like he was abandoned by God. Was he? Absolutely. He knew he wasn't, but his feelings didn't dictate his actions. His faith did. And he's calling you back home. You know, uh, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had over these last three or four weeks with people that are calling me and they're struggling. They're really struggling. They're overwhelmed by all this stuff and they're fearful. And they're, they're, they're being paralyzed by fear. And, and, and there's it, this isolation has, has <laughs> Satan has used it as a time to just really attack. And there's all kinds of doubts and all kinds of worries and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and I, I, I say, what? You're a child of God, right? And they go, yeah. Really? You believe Jesus is your Savior? Yeah. Then he just wants you to know he's got this. Mike, how can you, how can you be so optimistic? How can, you, how can you be so encouraged at this time? Because I know my Savior. I know my God. I've got a track record with him. I've used this example several times and, and, and I'm throw names. I'm going to throw names and throw folks under the bus right now. You might better click off real quick if you're scared. Um, you know, here's a, here's, here, here, this helps us understand something. Listen, we, I have a special friend, a good friend in our church, Kelly Wilson. Kelly, shout out to you. He's not only my friend and one of our elders at our church, but he's also my, my mechanic man. He's been my mechanic for over 20-something years. And when I take anything, all my vehicles, oh, he hates seeing me coming because i got so many. When I take a vehicle to him, and when I, whatever he says goes, I do it. Why? Because I'll never, if I started today trying to out figure out him, I never would be able to. He knows more than I will ever be able to know. So I trust him. Not one day do I ever worry about getting taken or that something's being done to my vehicle that wasn't really necessary. Never. Why? Because I know him. I know his character. And he would give me $100. I'll take it. He'd give me $100 before he would ever cheat me out of a dime. I know him. I've got a track record with him. And it may be that what you've done is that you've accepted Jesus, but you went out on your own. And, and, and you've been, you got a relationship, but you don't have fellowship. And so you don't know him like I know him. You don't know him in a way to where you can have concern, but not be worried, sick, not be overwhelmed. God is calling you home. There's another group of you out there. There's another group of you out there that you know exactly what I'm saying. I mean, you can out be excited. Uh, you can out excite me any day of the week because you know whom you have believed and you're persuaded that he is able to keep that which you've committed to him to that very day. You know that you're, he already knows your days. You're not going to live frivolously or thoughtlessly, but you are living confidently every single day. Here's what I want you to do. I want you, in the time of this next song, 
to, to give him praise and thanks and express gratitude for the peace and the hope and the joy you have. But here's the other thing I want you to do during this time. Be praying for those in the first two categories. Those that are coming to Jesus right now and also to be praying for our brothers and sisters that's been just isolated. And God is just drawing them home, bringing them back to the fold so that we can do life together. Isolation leads to delusion. God is calling us back together. Would you reflect on God's call to your life right now as you listen to this closing song? And then I'll be back with just a few more words for you.
If that didn't light your fire, your wood's wet. What a beautiful name. Our holy, wonderful, amazing Father. So, um, listen, uh, on your screen right now is an opportunity for you to, um, to respond. Nothing uh, dynamics happens in life without making it specific. And I, I want to challenge and encourage you uh, to let us know what God has revealed to you today, uh, to let us uh, walk with you, to talk with you, to encourage you, to pray with you. And so these are two points, or two avenues you can do that. You can email me personally, or if you choose, rather, you can go to uh, that uh, link right there, copy that down, and there's a series of questions that will allow you to to put your information in there and your request and your questions in there, and then they'll be submitted to us. Uh, I, I know that the greatest gift uh, that you could get and experience this Easter is not the new, uh, the new normal Easter basket, but it's the peace and the joy and the life and the assurance of Jesus Christ. So uh, let me just encourage you to, uh, to respond. And uh, don't, don't miss out on this opportunity as God is drawing people to himself, his great loving self from all over the world. Um, and so now I just want to wish you a, a, just a happy, happy Easter. So thankful for you. And I just want to pray with you. And then we'll just close our service if that works for you. Let's pray. Jesus, again, praise you. Praise you for your amazing love and grace. Thank you for this day. Even in the midst of this dark time, not just here, but around the world, Lord, your glory, your glory is seen and your greatness, uh, Lord, is being revealed and your, your love is enveloping and surrounding each of us. Oh, Father, be glorified, Jesus Christ. We acknowledge you today, the victor. We surrender to you today as Lord. Be glorified throughout the world today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.